This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. Visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu for more information. When Google bought YouTube recently for $1.65 billion, the world of business sat up to take serious notice of social networks. Today, many companies are looking into how they can tap into or develop communities as a way to make better decisions and increase profits. John Spector, a former Wharton Vice Dean and now CEO of the Conference Board, spoke with participants at the Community 2.0 Conference in Las Vegas earlier this year to explore how companies are trying to harness communities to reshape their businesses. In this podcast, Spector speaks with Diane Davidson, Director of Customer Marketing at WebEx. Spector is a co-author with Barry Liebert of the forthcoming Wharton School publishing book, We Are Smarter Than Me. How to Unleash the Power of Crowds in Your Business. I'm John Spector. I'm at the Community 2.0 Conference. I'm talking with Diane Davidson from WebEx. She is the Director of Customer Marketing. Good morning, Diane. Good morning. And we're here to talk about communities. And I guess my first question is really about the kind of opportunities that big companies like WebEx face when trying to engage with the community. Maybe you can describe the kinds of initiatives that WebEx is taking uh, to do this. Okay, so first I think I'd like to just spend a minute on why we decided that we needed to do this. So we have a large uh, customer base, about 2.2 million users, and we ha- we run our business on a subscription service. And um, you can well imagine that getting a hold of 2.2 million users is a really difficult thing. We also are a collaboration software company. So it seemed to us that we ought to practice what we preach. And as a collaboration software company, it would be advisable to set up some kind of of an online collaborative environment where our users could work with each other, learn from each other, build best practices together, and help each other out. And that's essentially why we've embarked on it. Interestingly enough, um, we have a marketing part of it, we have a developer part of it, and we have a support part. So we're trying to do a lot of things kind of simultaneously um, to try to reach our customers, to provide a little more stickiness is the word that we use, and make them um, more effective WebEx users and happier with the customer and get to interact with us. And when you say embarked on it... Describe a little bit what it is. Okay, so that's a great question. So it is um, really we de- we defined a community ecosystem that started um, at the bottom level as a support community, which is basically think self service support, and then the level above that is a virtual community, think cyber community, um, synchronous and asynchronous communication, ability to go and find information that you're looking for, ability to talk to your colleagues and peers, ability to participate in an online discussion, go to special events that are part only of the community, uh, participate in building collaborative best practices using the wiki, uh, and ability to listen to podcasts. And those are just kind of our opening bid. That's where we started. And actually, the one part of it that we've not really used yet is the wiki, but we, we have a vision of where we want to go, but we're not there. So our first step was to seed the inf- the community with as much relevant information as we could find, both from inside the company or outside the company, and then try to 
let our customers know that that's available and try to entice them and engage them in conversations. And what are the and is there is there eventually going to be a level above virtual community? Is yes, Greg, thank you for that follow up. So the next level is virtual community, the next level is face-to-face user conference, and the level above that might be something like an advisory council or very specific uh high interest small groups. Now that user conference interestingly enough for 2000 and Seven, we're doing our user conference cyber also. So in reality, we have both a community effort and we have the user conference, which uses our technology, collaboration software, to actually create the user conference and run the user conference. And what are the kind of benefits that you, when this initiative, this this is a broad initiative, it requires a lot of people to be involved, it requires some capital and some right. cost. When you decided to, when you scoped that out and then decided to pursue it, what are the kind of benefits that you saw? I'm going to answer a question you didn't ask uh, first by saying, I believe that every company has its own culture and its own way of doing these things. Um, I'm lucky enough to work for somebody who is a really high believer that this is a way to go forward. And even given that in my company, which runs like so many other companies, extremely lean and mead without excess um, human resources, it's really been a challenge to find people who can carve out 5 or 10% of their time to work in the community. So there's a lot of stealth, a lot of um, personal persuasion, and a lot of building a framework before you go out and try to market inside so you can capture people's imagination. Because there are a lot of people that won't get this, in my company at least, if, if you just deliver the concept to them. You have to show them something, and then they get it. So what do we see as the benefits? Really, I think they're three or four pronged. So number one is that issue that I said we have 2.2 million customers, and we really wanted a way to have a dialogue with those customers because we believe that in the dialogue we would deepen the relationship and they would be more loyal to us. So that's a very honest and out there statement. And then the second thing is from a product point of view and from a developer point of view, we would really like to engage our users also in what do you, how are you finding this service? What would you like to see in it? Um, what would make it more useful for you? And also listen to their conversations with each other and moderate those conversations because we believe that through that we can glean some future direction. So better loyalty, higher loyalty and better product development. Right. And then we have one other problem, which is interesting at, at WebEx, which is we have a main service, which is meeting service. And then we have these value-added solution services. And basically, we are also hoping, hoping that by opening that kimono so that people can see all of the things that are available, the light may come on with someone and they go, oh, gee, you know, why aren't we using that service for that solution rather than using the generic service? Right, so that's lead gen, but it's not push lead gen; it's pull lead gen. Right, right. Or it's done in a way that everyone trusts it, or they don't feel like they're being marketed to, right. because they're not being marketed to by the company. Exactly, and actually, um, we've done some research, and if you take a look at the research, the the percent of print ads and other kind of ads are going down dramatically, and people do not trust highly scripted. Um, glossy marketing materials anymore. They just don't. They're looking for naked, real, I I call it live and unscripted conversations. Live and unscripted, ideally delivered over a WebEx platform if possible. of course. (laughs) (laughs) Let me go back for a minute to the generic problem that you described of taking the concept out to a larger organization. Um, And it's hard to find people to dedicate time. Some people, it's hard for them to see the benefits just by understanding the concept. 
Um, these aren't necessarily naysayers, but they're just people that are not familiar right. with it. So describe describe the efforts that you've had to make to gather these resources and to convince people. Not you, you mentioned that you report to someone who's a believer. Yeah, yes. so, so not how did you convince him or her, but how do you convince people who are still the majority who are, let's say, at, at best unfamiliar. Right. So, and that's actually the problem, right? Because they're unfamiliar. They, they have been focused heads down on whatever their job is. They aren't following this particular space. They don't know what the value is, right? Okay. So what I have found that if you're lucky enough to find this, this is what I believe is the golden hook, which is if, if a business leader is facing a specific problem and you can actually demonstrate that through that community, you can help solve that problem. That's the hook. And again, for me, I want to say that having enough information in the community and having a framework to carry on that dialogue was particularly important. So back to those 2.2 million users and back to that problem that I described of generic service versus value-added services, really one of the things that a, a leader in the company recognized, I really want to move the needle on the value-added services. And then several of his people said, oh, my gosh, we can do that through the community. And the light turns on. That's the opportunity that you're looking for. So I've succeeded in that in what I think is probably three different parts inside the company. I have one part, and that part shall remain nameless, um, that I haven't yet uh, captured. But I think we will probably within about another six months. And put in words for the people who are listening to this podcast, put in words the objections of those of that group without identifying them by name, obviously. But what are the kinds of things that people who are reluctant say? Absolutely. And it, it's really easy. These are, these are organizations that are highly metric driven. They are um, operationally optimized and they are looking for immediate results. That's how they manage the organization uh, from the beginning. That's one of the reasons WebEx is in sh- such great stead is because of these people. And if they can't see an immediate result out of the community effort, in their mind, why should we necessarily be investing in that, right? Again, we run very lean to me like all companies do. So I think that that's why you have to have a major believer. I don't even want to say champion. I want to say believer, somebody who is a passionate believer who can do air cover for you, if you're in my kind of a company, who can do air cover for you until you can gather the, the momentum that you can go to these people and say, okay, you're the last group. Let me tell you what I can do for you. And in fact, since the community industry, if I can call it that, is very young, the established metrics, the studies that show the return on investment over a multi-year period is X or Y, right. haven't been done yet Correct. or haven't been completed yet or maybe haven't been published yet would be a more accurate statement. They may exist in a few companies, but they're not generally – you can't generally point to metrics. Well, I think John Hagel talked to that this morning. I mean he was very clear that, that he sees three types of metrics that need to be there. Um, I'm not even going to remember. It was ROA, ROI, and ROS, and one was ROS as skills – ROI is information, and I don't remember what ROA was. But what he said is essentially, you know what? We don't have people with the expertise yet today. So you have to you have to start by basic things. How many members have you attracted? How many return visits do they have? What kinds of discussion forums are they participating in? What are they saying? You've got to look at those things initially, and I think we're probably a year, I think, we're at least a year away from being able to do maybe even 18 months some of the stuff that you're at, talking at about. At least, at least. Yeah. And, you're, and WebEx would be in the lead if you were well, doing it then. Right. we hope so. Well, this may be an odd question to ask, but uh, your description of the situation brought this to mind. 
To what degree in WebEx do very young employees play in this initiative? I mean, is, is okay, there so any I'd special love to role? Say this. I'd love to say this. And I'm an oldster. I'm an oldster, okay? So the fact that I, I do have a 21-year-old son who was in college, that helps, okay? But, but interestingly enough, no. In my company, my boss is somebody who is, you know, my, around my age, and he absolutely gets it. And actually, the people that I have who have run to me and said, I want to participate in this, some of them are, are 35, but a lot of them are 45 or 50. So it's been very, very, very interesting. The uh, mythology and the common feeling is that the people that are going to embrace this are people under the age of 30. But in my company, that is not bearing out. And WebEx is a young company. Right. That's very interesting. I think it's very interesting. And yeah. it's counterintuitive. So I'm going to ask other people today as we go through these podcasts, I'm going to ask other people the same question. Um, because I see, at least in, um, in my son, who's in high school, um, is... Uh, so much more familiar with the basic tools, and some of my colleagues are at the Wharton School. Right. Um, and uh, well, they're all on Facebook and MySpace, and they communicate. But you know, that's still different from using a wiki or or even blogging, really, or trying to have an intelligent business discussion thread. <laughs> it is very different. It is very. <laughs> they're different. not trying to make money. Right. That's right. Or even if you're not trying to make money, if you're just trying to build loyalty, if you're trying to have a specific long-term purpose right. other than just community. Other than social networking just right. for social networking. Right. It's quite different. Right. Um, I want to go back to something else. I'm, again, imagining the organizational dynamics within WebEx uh, as you try to build support and take new initiatives can you talk a little bit about how different functions react to this? And let me give some background for what I mean, the intent of the question. Mm-hmm. Um, 20 years ago, the marketing function in most companies went and did focus groups and market research. Mm-hmm. And yes, you might invite a line executive to sit behind the mirror and observe the focus group. Mm-hmm. But that would probably be the extent to which a line executive would get involved in the actual creation of the knowledge, mm-hmm. the review of the results right. and the analysis and so forth, depending on the company, of course, line executives would be heavily involved or could be heavily involved. Do you, is there a difference here? Is there an opportunity because of the nature and the, the, the permanence of these communities and the live, uh, the live aspect of them? Is there an opportunity for – I mean you're in the marketing function. I am. Are there opportunities – or barriers perhaps to engaging a much broader range of executives outside of the marketing function, or is that not yet happening? Okay, so I think that's a very interesting question that I think really comes down to each person's personality and comfort zone. So what I believe the barrier is for executives is a little bit of fear and um, and also how comfortable are they with taking their beliefs and their vision uh, and their point of view and committing that to words, which I think is actually just supporting my fear statement. So, for example, on blogging, uh, we have not been very successful at the executive level yet with bloggers. And um, meaning, meaning having company executives create blogs. Correct, correct. And I had to fight a little bit with uh, opening the kimono and opening the door and saying, we're just going to let people blog. You want to blog? We'll anoint you. You can go blog. And that's what we're choosing to do. So do I believe that the executives over time would participate in this? 
definitely, I believe, our products guy, who is a fabulous writer and is a very clear thinker, would do it. And I believe that our CMO would do it. Um, and But I don't believe some of the other organizations would do it. And I don't think our president is comfortable doing it. And do you think that will change or not clear? I'm going to come back to my key statement, which is that I believe that it has to do with what your personality is and what you are comfortable, what risk you are comfortable taking. Right. Well, let, all right, then let's move outside of, of WebEx then and, and, and close with advice that you might have for an executive, not one of your counterparts, not someone who's an expert in this realm, someone who's outside the marketing function, say, and someone who's approached in another company by your counterpart. Uh, and they are a little bit afraid, mm-hmm. and they are unfamiliar. Right. And they're sitting there thinking, hmm, what should I do? What is this? Right. Uh, what would be your advice to them? Take it outside of WebEx so it's not, not personal. Well, one of the things uh, that I put in my presentation that I actually believe is true, the times they are changing, thank you, Bob Dylan, and the new world is already here. And I think that one thing that I would say to executives is um, you're going to be left behind. You know, this is, this is, the world has forever changed the last 15 years with the internet and people's ability to get to anybody and talk to anybody has changed the dynamics. And we are actually probably behind, meaning even community is actually probably behind where the world is emotionally, right? So I think that, uh, true marketing in the classic sense or what we called classic marketing is really dying and executives are going to have to be willing to engage in these conversations. I really believe that. Very interesting. Do you have any other topics that you want to add as a no? Close? Okay. <laughs> thank you. We've been talking with Diane Davidson, the director of customer marketing at WebEx. Diane, thank you very much. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.